Hello and welcome to the Live and Love Like Jesus podcast. My name is Andy Tier, and each week here on this podcast, we explore what it truly means to live and love like Jesus. And we do this as we follow his example of being with God, being with others, and being sent. Now, this week, I had a chance to pose a few questions to Crossroads lead pastor, Phil Heller. See, it's September of 2021, and at Crossroads, we're currently studying the book of Acts. And specifically, we're speaking on the work of the Holy Spirit throughout that book, how it empowers, it encourages, guides, corrects, and it informs the followers of Jesus in the book of Acts, and in turn, then, the role that the Holy Spirit plays in our own lives. Now, let's go ahead and listen now to my conversation with Phil Heller. Phil, thank you so much for joining us again this week. I appreciate it. Oh, it's always fun to just chat and just think about how we can live and love like Jesus for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. So this week, uh, I thought it would be cool to talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, Right now at Crossroads, we've been in a sermon series on the Holy Spirit. And um, we've talked about uh, a few of the um, prime characters in Acts. We've talked about Stephen. We've talked about Paul. We started off the first week of talking talking about Peter. But kind of the concept behind this whole series has been that the real uh, main character throughout the book of Acts is the Holy Spirit. For sure, yeah. I love, I mean, earlier in the first chapter, uh, Jesus is talking. So Luke's recording Jesus' last words here on earth. He says, hey, I want you to stay here in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll receive power. You'll be my witnesses, right? And then the rest of the book actually illustrates what happens when the Holy Spirit does come on a person, or I would say in a person, and kaboom, watch, right? Yeah, I mean, we see that initial ex- the evidence of the Holy Spirit as he's as he's poured out on the, on the apostles and the followers of Jesus in the form of like these tongues of fire, uh, something like a tongue of fire over their heads, right? And then um, we see them speaking to the ki- to all the people that are around them in Jerusalem in multiple languages and all this. And so we see these amazing outpourings of the of the Holy Spirit and the evidence of of His presence, right? Um, and then. Uh, the book quickly goes to uh, like the story of of Stephen, mm-hmm. and and when we talk about Stephen, we talked about how he was full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I remember from your message, you said that uh, he was empowered to serve, to speak, and to stand up. Yeah, and we're empowered yeah. to do those uh-huh. same things. Uh-huh. So, can we talk about like kind of the practicality of mm-hmm. that? Like, mm-hmm. how does the the Holy Spirit empower us to serve, to speak? And to stand up. Mm. What are the nuts and bolts of this thing? Sure, that's a great question. You know, I think one of the things that we often are maybe a little mistaken about is that it's only the supernatural that the Holy Spirit empowers us to do. Just example of that Acts 1 and 2, where you look at that and like there's tongues of fire and they're speaking in unknown languages and all those things, right? You're like, wow, that must be what it looks like when the Holy Spirit comes upon a person. And I love what happens in between you know, those moments and Stephen's story is uh, actually the Acts 2.42 passage. Like, you know, what, the church. Yeah, what the church was doing was they were studying God's Word together. They were praying together. They were celebrating the Lord's Supper together. They were, you know, serving each other. And that was a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, too. You know, it's not one or the other. I think it's both. And so... You know, to get to your question, like what would, what did it look like for Stephen to serve, to speak boldly, and to stand? You know, um, and we looked at some of those examples of that. He was serving um, um, an obvious need, right? The, there were widows in that congregation who were being underserved, and the Holy Spirit empowered him to meet that need. 
So practically speaking, what does that look like for me just in my everyday life? It's like the Holy Spirit in me is the same Holy Spirit that was, you know, present in the book of Acts. So the Holy Spirit is prompting me to, first of all, recognize needs around me, right? So are they needs that are in my uh, wife's life or in my children's life? Uh, are there needs that are in my neighborhood, uh, needs in my workplace, right? Even though I work at a church doesn't mean that there aren't any needs around me, right? So practically speaking, I think to serve like Stephen, empowered by the same Holy Spirit, is to be attentive to the needs around me and to respond, right? Stephen, uh, full of the Holy Spirit, was prompted to uh, to be actively participating to meet those needs. And so whether that's, you know, buying a person's meal who might be hungry or uh, just being kind to the person who's entering a building after you by holding the door, right? It's not necessarily supernatural, like, I solved world hunger. That's what it means for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit and serving. It could just be as simply as... Uh, you know, letting your wife have the last piece of pie, which sometimes feels supernatural in my world, right? Like, oh, but I really, really wanted that last piece. So speaking, you know, just yesterday, I'm out on a run. I feel like the Holy Spirit, I'm praying about specific things in my life. And I feel like the Holy Spirit just laying, yeah, I didn't hear an audible voice, but I do believe that the Holy Spirit prompted me to, to speak some very deliberate things to a friend of mine, to go to a person and say, I don't know why, but the Holy Spirit just impressed upon my heart today two things. One of them was a word of affirmation. One of them was a little bit of a challenge, a favor to ask. But I felt like the Holy Spirit was prompting me. This is a person I've been praying regularly for for quite some time. And so, you know, as Stephen was uh, was speaking boldly, it took, a little, it took a little bit of courage for me to ask that person, hey, can I talk to you for just a few moments? And to share with him, like, I really feel like the Holy Spirit impressed upon my heart to to say these things to you. And I didn't know that person's reaction. Um, Glad it wasn't uh, those who Steven spoke to's reaction. Like they stoned him. This guy just shook my hand and said, thanks, man, I appreciate that, which was really relieving, right? Um, So, but, you know, then to think about what does it look like to stand courageously, you know, the Holy Spirit. There's there's many opportunities around us in our world today where we're going to have to stand for truth, right? I gave some of those examples in my sermon that day, but um, it's not any necessary political agenda that I'm referring to. It's just speaking the truth boldly and standing for truth. And uh, practically what that looks like, it could be you know around the Thanksgiving table where you know people have a variety of different opinions, right? And those of us who are Christ followers might be empowered by the Holy Spirit just to speak some truth in that situation. Obviously, we, we do that in love. I think that's one of the things that it looks like different than me just pounding my fist on the table and declaring what I believe. Um, the Holy Spirit prompted me, will ultimately give me the right words to say, the right way to say it, the love that I need to have for the person I'm saying it to. I think those are the things that we can count on the Holy Spirit doing for us. I think that's why Jesus said, hey, if you happen to get arrested for the, for the gospel, don't worry about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit's going to be the one speaking. That's a reference back to uh, Luke 10 that I used in that message specifically. How do you know that it's the Holy Spirit? Well, isn't that the million-dollar question, right? Uh, how I know that it's the Holy Spirit, first of all, is the Holy Spirit's not going to say something that's incongruent with Scripture. So if that prompting the other, yesterday would have been like, hey, go tell this person that they're a bonehead and, you know, you know, there's something. I mean, obviously, 
one of the filters for that is that the Holy Spirit's only going to be in agreement with Scripture because that's the Word of God. It's from Him. It's from the Holy Spirit, and He wouldn't contradict Himself in that way. Um, sometimes I think we need to be prepared that it might be uncomfortable. That often can be an indicator. That is the only indicator, but like the Holy Spirit might prompt me to do things or say things that I don't necessarily feel or think naturally. So we're probably not naturally unselfish people, right? We're probably naturally selfish people. So when the Holy Spirit says something to me, it probably is going to be not like, you should get your own way, right? It's probably going to be like, hey, Phil, be quiet and let the other person speak. That's a very unselfish thing to do. And that's an indicator for me. If it feels natural, I might scratch my head a little bit and go, huh, I wonder if that is the Holy Spirit. But if it's not something that comes natural, I might be more inclined to give credit or think that it is from the Holy Spirit. Not any one of these filters, I'd say, outside of the Holy the Holy Bible, Scripture, you know, uncomfortable isn't necessarily the one that trumps them all in that regard. It's the um, Scripture that trumps them all. Right, exactly. Yeah. I have found beneficial when I feel like the Holy Spirit might be saying something to me, I the godly counsel is an important part of that, you know? Uh, my decision to come here to be pastor, you know, that wasn't an easy decision. It wasn't something that I felt like I could make on my own. I did feel a, a strong prompting from the Holy Spirit to open myself up to this possibility, but I certainly didn't try to make that decision without my wife. She 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 wasn't going to get to stay where we used to live, right? She was coming with me. And so she's a source of wisdom for me and also like, this is, Christy, what I think the Holy Spirit might be saying, what do you think, you know? And we might pray about that together, or obviously uh, I, I surround myself with godly people so that I can seek counsel in those moments. So sometimes you know it's the voice of the Spirit when you hear it repeated mm. in the mouths of other believers. Sure, yeah. And and especially yeah. a spouse, yeah. family member, yeah. things yeah. like that. I also think, you know, this, this past weekend we talked about Saul and how God said his name twice, Saul, Saul. And I, I love one of the commentaries I read, it said like, God wasn't like trying to get his attention in an angrily way, even though like like Saul was wreaking havoc on God's people, right? But it was a very much a, he wanted Saul's attention, but he wanted to like, he had a plan for his life. He wanted to reveal that plan to him. It was motivated out of compassion than out of anger or even judgment in that regard, right? And so sometimes the, the number of ways that God gets our attention, he might, you know, we might read something in our in our daily Bible reading and like just maybe even gloss over it. And yet then we hear a song on the radio that, that is Christian radio that my son, you know, keeps us accountable to. I mean, that might reinforce that idea or that thing we read that morning from scripture. Or somebody might say, you know, I was just praying for you today and I felt like God wanted me to share this with you. And he's like, that's kind of scary because that's exactly what I read this morning in my own daily Bible reading. I think that can be a way that God might be saying, our name two times, you know? That's really neat. So speaking of Saul, um, of course, we talked about how through the Holy Spirit, he was transformed. Mm -hmm. um, now, again, I'm just going to ask that simple question mm -hmm. of how, how mm -hmm. does that happen? I got a chance to talk to a guy after the nine o'clock worship service this past weekend. And he told me about his story of like how he was headed in one direction and really through a set of circumstances that he feels like was prompted by the Holy Spirit, he is now living almost the opposite direction, right? And honestly, what got his attention, and he would give credit to the Holy Spirit for this, was 
a, a, a difficulty in a relationship, a relationship ending that kind of got his attention. And through that and reflecting, he's like, man, there are some things about my life that are just headed in the wrong direction, right? And so he can contrast, like, this is where I was headed, and now this is where I'm headed, you know? I liken that to Saul's story. He was headed to da- Damascus to persecute people. He ended up going there and proclaiming the gospel and the truth about Jesus. Well, that's a transformation, right? So sometimes it could be our motives that are trans- transformed. Uh, it could be our actions that are transformed. You know, um, you know, I was this, but now I'm this. You know, this is how I used to spend my time. And because of the Holy Spirit, it's transformed. It's, it's redeemed the time I used to spend on X and given me a, a new direction to spend my time on this. You may have seen, like, you know, on Facebook, people talk about the, the numbers of dollars that uh, it used to cost them to be a smoker. You know, like, oh, when I was a smoker, I used to spend X amount of dollars on a pack of cigarettes this, t- this many times a week, and annually I spent this much money on smoking cigarettes, right? You know, it, that's a, that is an example of how your life can be transformed. Instead of spending X amount of dollars on cigarettes, I now spend X amount of dollars on you know, hopefully something that, that is God-centered and, and God-filled and, and is helping God's kingdom move forward. That could be, a, a you know, a, an illustration of the transformation that can happen in each of our life. You know, I mean, could be as simple as like, I used to say a lot of words that didn't honor God, but since the Holy Spirit is now in my life, I feel a restraint. I feel a restraint when I want to say this word, and I've chose to, with a, I chose to replace that with a word that would honor God more. You know, I used to... Um, treat my coworkers in a in a way that wouldn't honor them and didn't reflect God's love. But I'm being transformed by the Holy Spirit to treat people the way that God would treat them, or to to see them the way that God treats them. Right? Um, I used to not be attentive to my wife's needs or my kids' needs, but being transformed by the Holy Spirit has allowed me to recognize it's not just all about me. You know, um, uh, like. In humility, consider others' needs more than you would consider your own, right? Yeah, and I was just thinking as you were saying that too, um, what, another person in that story of that conversion of Saul is Ananias. Yeah. And you talked about some of the challenges oh. for Ananias too. And so like that transformation isn't a one-time thing from the Holy Spirit either. Right. I, I, it's it's like this constant course of, of uh correction towards perfection kind of of as we become more and more Christ-like, right? Yeah. Yeah. As I study the Holy Spirit, I think a couple things that are important for me to remember and I would be it would be important to share. First of all, when when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, accept him as our Savior, we surrender our life to his Lordship, I believe we receive the Holy Spirit. You know, baptism's a part of that. Acts two thirty eight says, Repent, be baptized, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? So I don't I don't think you can like you know, exclude any of those steps out of out of that kind of response. But when we receive the Holy Spirit, we just don't get a little dabble, do you? You know, like I believe that we are filled completely with the Holy Spirit at that moment of conversion. Now, that doesn't mean that we're uh, surrendered to the Holy Spirit in every aspect of our life, right? And that's that like, I don't need to necessarily be more filled with the Holy Spirit. I think that's probably incorrect when we scripturally. But I do know for a fact I need to yield more to the Holy Spirit in my life, and that's the maturing process. That's the that's the growing in Christ likeness process, where it's not so much that I need more of the Holy Spirit, but I need the Holy Spirit to be more in control of of me, less of fill, more of the Holy Spirit, right? And um, 
I think that's what you're speaking of, like Ananias. Like he, it wasn't a one-time decision for him. Like, oh, now I got the Holy Spirit. Poof, everything's easy from this point. Like he's choking down the fear. Like, all right, so you want me to go talk to this guy named Saul, who's actually here to kill me because I'm a follower of Jesus, right? And Jesus is like, yep, I do. He's like, all right, I'm going to need the Holy Spirit to empower me with courage and boldness to go and do that, right? The one piece of safety might have been that he knew he was blinded, right? That's true. And that's then right. he yeah. laid hands on him to heal that's his blinding. Right. Yeah. Is to, that crazy or yeah. what? Yeah. Man, yeah. <laughs> so that uh, kind of leads to another question, because um, we also talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So um, how do you see the power of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in in your life, in the life of a believer today, right. you know, I like, like you said that the the story of the the book of Acts of the Holy Spirit, it's not just the highs, it's mm-hmm. not just these mm-hmm. miraculous things that we see, but mm-hmm. it's in these other pieces as well. So, how do yeah. we see that um, yeah. power of the Holy Spirit at work today? Yeah, I would say in my life personally, if you see anything that looks like Jesus. It's not because it came naturally. It, it's because the Holy Spirit is working in me. And if you see things that don't reflect Christ, that's because Phil's got in the way. So when I think about that, like Jesus, I mean, think of the fruit of the Spirit, right? That's where I see the power of the Holy Spirit at work in my life, when I'm more patient than I want to be, <laughs> when, I, when I'm you know more loving than I want to be, when I'm more perseverant than I feel like I can be. That's when I know that it's the Holy Spirit doing those things, not me. So as I look at that list from you know uh, from the, the uh, Galatians five, right, the fruit of the Spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, uh, self-control. When those things are evident in my life, I can guarantee you they are not because Phil's a great person. They're because the Holy Spirit is at work. Um, same thing: the giftedness, right? I might be, you know naturally given gifts from the whole, from God as he created me. But when those are in action, then that's the, the Holy Spirit at work, right? And, um, you know, some of the gifts, like I like to organize things, right? I like to see how things work and put them into or, some order to kind of hopefully put together a plan that will, could work. And that's a gift that that's I think God has given me. But when it's used for God's purposes, I think the Holy Spirit is the one empowering that, right? So those for me are some of like the things when I see the fruit of the spirit in other people's lives, I know it's because they have the Holy Spirit and it's working in them, right? When I see people using their giftedness that God's given them, I know that the Holy Spirit is at work in them. And so many times us Christ followers, we're, we're, we're so, uh, we don't rely on the Holy Spirit enough, right? We think it all has to be like, well, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get in there and give it a give it your best effort. Like, that's a very me-oriented, you know, approach to life instead of like, I don't think I can, but I trust the Holy Spirit is leading me this, and so I'm going to rely on His power to help move that forward, right? Um, and, and trusting Him to be the power by which... Uh, all, all those things are accomplished and, and all those things are, are lived out. And, and then another kind of practical aspect of the, of the Holy Spirit that I didn't have on our list of mm-hmm. questions for today, but it just kind of has hit me as we're speaking. You know, as, as we pray, mm-hmm. um, we pray to God, we pray mm-hmm. in Jesus' name. How do we relate to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in this? Yeah. 
That's great. Well, I was just reading this morning, John, like 14, 15, 16, right? Just in my daily Bible reading. And uh, I was talking about, I'm going to send the, I'm going to go away. Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away because then I can send the Holy Spirit. He's a helper. He's an advocate. He's a counselor. I think all those things that the Holy Spirit does come into play during prayer. Like, it could be that you're praying and like just somebody comes to your mind and it's like, man, I feel like I should pray for this person. I, I think that could be a prompting from the Holy Spirit that he's helping us in our prayers, right? I think it's Paul who says later, like sometimes we don't even know what to pray for, but the Spirit will pray for us. He will He will put into words the, the groans that, that, that we don't even have the words to say. There have been some times in my life where I really didn't know what to pray or I was in such a tight spot or hard spot I didn't really feel like I could pray. I just felt this overwhelming sense to connect with God, but I couldn't have put into words what even my heart was feeling in those moments. And that, that, for me, that's why some of those moments where I know that the Holy Spirit is engaging in in prayer through me or with me in that regard. Um, you know, the Holy Spirit can bring conviction, you know, during our prayers, right? We can be praying about something and realize, man, I am off base in this aspect of my life, or I need to go and seek forgiveness in this uh, in this relationship. You know, I think those are some of the ways that, as we pray, the Holy Spirit might might be actively uh, engaging with us in prayer. I always say, oh, we pray to God in the name of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. For me, that's something that that has been some handles for me. You know, uh, it's not wrong to say Holy Spirit or Jesus in our prayers, but more times than not, the biblical you know, example is to pray to God the Father. And so that's a little bit where I think of the Trinity coming into prayers. Like I, my prayers are going to God the Father. He says to pray in my name. Jesus says that. So in the name of Jesus, meaning like not just this power incantation, like this magical formula. Oh, when, when you say in Jesus' name, poof, all your prayers are answered. No, I think it's in the spirit of Jesus, the things that would would be a representative of Jesus, you know, and also the power that's in Jesus' name. But I also think that the Holy Spirit plays a huge role in our prayers in that, in that He's helping, you know, bring power to our prayers in, 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 in that way. Okay, so as we're talking about the Holy Spirit, we, I know we've developed the tool, the roadmap, to kind of help us grow in living and loving like Jesus. Um, where uh, would you point people to in the roadmap? for learning more about the Holy Spirit. Well, first of all, I hope that you'll see the Holy Spirit evident in every aspect of the roadmap because we really believe that this living and loving like Jesus is not humanly possible without the work and the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. So on every uh, resource and every action step, we want the Holy Spirit to be active and present. But specifically, under the Be With God section of the roadmap, there's an action step that's uh, learning to hear the, the Spirit's voice. And underneath that are several resources and action steps people can take to help kind of learn more about the Holy Spirit. One of the resources that we want to provide there very soon is in the course of this past year, we actually piloted like a 12, 13 week class on learning about the Holy Spirit. And we have been through that course now. We're trying to kind of go back and reflect and look at the, the things that we learned through that class and also now be looking for a time to make that available to a larger group of people within our congregation. And certainly that'll be a resource that is soon to be added to the uh, that section of the roadmap. But already there's some great uh, books you could read, some things you could watch, and also some action steps that people can take to learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit, how to learn how the Holy Spirit works in our life, 
and that actually let the Holy Spirit work in our lives. Awesome. Thanks for taking the time today, Phil. Always a to pleasure, talk with man. us about this. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks again to Phil for just taking the time to speak with me. And I invite you to please go to cccgo.com forward slash roadmap and check out that pathway that he spoke of right there at the end of our conversation. The pathway is called Learn the Spirit's Voice, and it's found in that Be With God portion of the roadmap. And I pray that this episode of the podcast has encouraged you to not just learn more about following Jesus, but to actually go and to live in love like him. 